Did the monster mash? The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It got on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to your favorite one-stop shop for horror news, true crime, and real-life tales of the unexplained monsters at midnight. Brought to you by the Zima Podcasting Network. Recording live in the new hollowed howls of Zima Podcasting Network. I'm your host. Hold up, I got my intros planned. Woo-hoo. I'm your host. I've got my swim trunks and my flippy floppies. I'm flipping burgers. You're at Kinko's, straight flipping copies. I'm Matt Schaefer. Wow. And joining me, as always, last week, she saw a film. As she recalled, it was a horror film. She walked outside into the rain and checked her phone and saw you rang. She jizzed in her pants. This is Joel and Dormady. You're just pumped that you saw the Lonely Island during Summerfest, aren't you? And I'm going to keep it going. And of course, running the knobs, flipping the switches, uh, coursing the electricity Mm. through the podcast. You know, his dick don't work. That shit is soft as a pillow. His girl be looking at him like, are you for real, dude? That's Graham Zima. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's, Graham's uh, not happy that that was his intro. I'm sorry. I'm happy. I'm, I'm pretty damn happy. <laughs> and holy shit, what is this? Weekly mon- Monsters at Midnight? Woo! Yeah, yeah. party. You're going to be stuck with us yeah. until we die. A natural death. He's got a camera pointed at me. I don't know if he's recording or... Oh, he's okay. He's oh, recording. no. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to be coming at you now weekly. Um we're, that's once a week, kids. That's once a week for those of you <laughs> playing along at home. Um, yeah, we're going to be recording. Uh, we're probably going to be recording episodes two at a time for the most part, just to make things easier on us. So if a uh, newsworthy topic comes out in our downtime of recording and we don't get to it at a certain point, that's why. But we're excited to uh, be bringing this show to you weekly. Um, as always, listen to us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and the Zima Podcasting home website. So without further ado, bolt your doors, lock your windows, and turn out the lights. Monsters at motherfucking midnight motherfucking. rides again forever. <laughs> we're going to kick things off. Um, uh, we've got our first fan request. We still got that oh, email. Yeah. Oh, sh- by the way, we're on Instagram now. We're on Facebook. So for the, those oh, yeah. of you in the 21st century that aren't using email, whoops, um, there are a lot more interesting and exciting ways to reach us. So hopefully if you're a listener, you have already punched the like button for the Facebook page and have followed us on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is weird. It's like Midnight Monsters at or something like that. Weird. Well, there's like the first available domain, mm-hmm. and I thought people could figure it out. Probably. Um, yes. Is it, follow- is it linked to our Facebook page? No, I can't figure out how to do that. Oh, all right. <laughs> so if someone wants to teach me how to do that. Um, and we do also have the email. If you are still interested in using the email, that's monsters.midnight, spelt incorrectly, at gmail.com. We want to hear your hot takes, your opinions, your suggestions, and your erotica. I still haven't gotten any fucking erotica. Yeah, get your shit I together. I need my fix, goddammit. Uh, never mind, I'm not going to continue that line of I conversation any further. <laughs> but we have our first fan suggestion for our topic of discussion. So thank you, Ben. 
Ben is someone that I went to high school with briefly. I think he was a few grades above me, but uh, uh, Ben is a big fan of Monsters at Midnight, and he came at us with a suggestion in celebration of our good friend Robert Cummings coming out with a new Mm. movie this fall. He suggested that we rank the filmography of Rob Zombie. Now (laughs) Now, I do believe this is something me and Graham did in the days before Joe Lynn, but uh, I thought it'd be worth revisiting because my opinions have probably changed on his filmography since then. And Jolyn, I don't think has ever. Re- I mean, we've. I'm definitely had- willing to talk about it. <laughs> Jolyn's always down to talk about Rob Zombie, I'm all- and she's never had this discussion on air. So, well, let's just do it. <laughs> am I ranking with reasons, or am I just ranking, and then we'll talk about it later? Um, let we'll we'll go by movie. Okay. We'll start at the bottom. We'll give a brief re- a brief reasons for its placement, and then uh, we'll do that until we have done it all. Okay. I will not be including El Super Beast, so just because ah. I, w- I want to watch it with sound before I. I oh, you I, haven't I, seen it? Okay. Well, I That's saw right. it when we were doing horror trivia at Sabbatic Monday yeah, night, five to Monday. nine. If you're in the Milwaukee area, come on down to Walker's Point Monday, five to nine. Super cheap booze. Super cheap booze. Horror Super movies. cheap me. Hang out <laughs> with the hosts of Monsters at Midnight. Get a little topsy turvy. Watch some dope horror movies with a one dope person. Oh, shut up. Like. Oh, that was very presumptuous of you. I was, yeah. All right. <laughs> no, she was right. We're both dope, and you can <laughs> suck my ass. Anyway. I love this show. I'm so happy <laughs> we're going to be weekly. Um, But yeah, well, uh, I we I watched El Super Beast show without sound the night we did Rob Zombie right. movies for trivia. I want to watch amazing. it with sound before I include it in my rankings. So Jolyn will have one more movie than me. So Jolyn, why don't you give your... It would make sense for you to give your bottom two back to back and then I'll catch up. Well, I purposely put so like the lowest and on the rank, my least favorite. Start at your least favorite, it won't work our way to the top. So I included Werewolf Women of the SS just so that I could put thirty one lower on the list. Fuck. (laughs) Because I'm so mad about it. Damn, all right. So, like, after I saw the movie a few times, I was like, all right, this is a pretty decent movie. But I was so fucking bitter when it came out because I was one of the idiots that fan-backed it, thinking, like, I love Rob Zombie. I want some Rob Zombie things. I want to meet him and shit like that. I'll spend the money on it. But then I did that, and then he made fucking 31, which was, like, it could have been so much cheaper. I bet he spent, like, fucking... Fifty percent was just to get his wife in the movie. <laughs> Probably fucking late. I don't know, but it's like I before the film actually came out. One of the things that I like bought through the fan backing site was a signed script that I was all excited about, and then I read it and I was like, "Wow, this is gonna be real bad, isn't it?" But you know, so I think maybe I just got too excited and I was too like amped on it, and I'm still mad about the ending. But I, I still, I, I love Malcolm McDowell. So I guess I'll I'll give him that. Yeah, I'm bitter. As we all do. I'm so bitter. Well, all right. So since there's no catching up to you, since you have two more movies in your list than me, I'm just gonna go next. Um, my bottom pick is The Lords of Salem. because <laughs> Lords of Salem, in my opinion, sucks dick. Ah, um, the Lord say that. I would. The Lords of Salem. um, I think for those of you that don't know, The Lords of Salem is a movie about a radio station that receives a mysterious record that turns out to be some kind of incantation that begins affecting everyone's favorite Oscar winner, Cherry Moon Zombie, and (laughs) makes her 
slowly uh, join into this witch cult in Salem, Massachusetts. I believe that's the general gist of the plot. Basically, the Lords of Salem is... I'm trying to find my uh, uh, list of Rob Zombie movies ranked. There it is. Um, so I know which order to go in. Basically, the Lords of Salem is Rob Zombie trying his fucking hardest to make The Shining. And I will admit, for the first third of the film, I was getting into it. There are some really, really cool visuals, a really good soundtrack by John Five, Rob Zombie's uh, touring guitarist, or touring guitarist. He works with John Five. Ooh, it's happened. Get your drinks out, and it just oh yeah, I really, I really hope people are doing that. I hope so too. Let's get we'll never everybody do it again. Up. Yeah. It was a mistake. <laughs> yep. Um, mm-hmm. But the Lords of Salem, after a while, just got to be so tedious with typical Rob Zombie art. When Rob Zombie tries to go art house, he comes up with imagery that's just shocking for the sake of being shocking, but it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of thought behind it. It's like, oh, let's have these hooded priests jerking off. Ooh, that'll make him think. And I just thought uh, Sherry Moon, of course, giving it her all and was my favorite part of the movie. And um, I wasn't a fan. I (laughs) do not have a lot of uh, fondness for the Lords of Salem, other than it kind of looks pretty for a Rob Zombie movie, at least. So your next pick, Jolynn. Well, uh, next on the list, which you're probably going to hate me for saying this, but I classified Halloween and then Halloween 2. So like Halloween 2 would be lower on my list than the first Halloween that Rob Zombie made. Um, I know. When did we become Siskel and Ebert? Like, actually. <laughs> like, because we actually, despite popular belief, we agree on quite a lot. Yeah, but it's just every time we end up talking about shit, it's like, we, it's just like, fuck you, man. I just, yeah. what's wrong with you? And just Get you your wait shit until our next topic, y'all. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. So many opinions. But I just, uh, honestly, like, the second one, I liked aspects of it, but I just couldn't get past Scout Taylor Compton's really annoying cry, and it just made it really hard for me to watch that movie again. That, I don't think that's invalid, actually. I just like I never like I watched the movie once, and I was just like, I don't think I ever need to watch this again. All right, I'm I'm good. Um, mm. but I do like uh how Loomis is like sort of profiting off of uh Michael in mm. that one because I think that's kind of like a neat take on it. Plus, again, I love Malcolm McDowell, so I like having him in there. Yeah. Um. So that's why those are those are next. This is you know they weren't were my favorite thing in the world. I thought a lot of the stuff that uh Rob Zombie added was like super unnecessary, and he could have made a lot better of a movie if he didn't add such so much of a of a like basis. I think part of what makes Michael scary is like not really knowing what the fuck's wrong with him. You know. Are you? So I'm. I'm. Did I miss a step? Are you? counting Halloween one and two. Yeah. And one. Okay. Yeah. Right. I just, I put them together cause I, I figured that also might save us since I have two more movies. Than okay, you. Gotcha. But Halloween two would be lower than Halloween one. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, fair enough. By the way, I totally agree with you in a lot of regards because the first time I saw Halloween two, I fucking hated yeah. it. I like aspects of it. Like I love their Halloween costumes. That mm-hmm. part's fun. And like the deaths in those movies are really fun too. I'll say that, but yeah. So yeah, um, my uh, next pick on the list, uh, second least favorite of his filmography, but still a guilty pleasure of mine, is his first remake of Halloween. Mm. Um, I 
like what you say, I am not a huge fan of the backstory he came up with for Michael. It's like, oh, white trash family, abusive household. Like, yeah. fucking, that makes no sense. Like, why did that? Why did point that point A lead to that point B? Right. But I do. When it's not a remake, it's far more solid than when it's actually a remake. Like the first half of the movie, where it is about young Michael, in my opinion, at least. And where you see him in the insane asylum and his interactions with Malcolm McDowell, Malcolm McDowell as Doctor Loomis, Malcolm McDowell as Doctor Loomis. Fuck you. Ah. Um, (laughs) She, her eyes bugged out. Like, oh shit, he's gonna do it. I know. I was like, you're gonna spend however long it takes to say that five Uh, times faster. No, I'm not. Win. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of that stuff in the insane asylum is actually pretty powerful, even if, again, it makes no sense. Like, why the fuck are they letting young Michael near sharp instruments? Why the fuck did he all of a sudden become Tyler main huge in in the insane asylum? Like what kind of Wheaties were he get? What were he given? (laughs) Um, And then like, the more I watch the movie, the more I really tune out when it becomes a one-to-one remake. When mm-hmm. it's an actual one-to-one remake, I think it's just kind of slow. And Well, it's not really slow because the pacing's all fucked because it's shoved into the back half of the movie. Right. An entire movie's worth of content. But I... It, yes. I was just gonna... I forgot that fucking Junie from Spy Kids plays Michael's like oh, childhood yeah. bully. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. In quote-unquote the 70s, even yeah. though like that timeline would make no fucking sense whatsoever. Mm-mm. Oh, I almost died there. Um, in your arms tonight. Oi. Um, Oi, I don't want to work here anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where uh, Rob Zombie's first Halloween uh, falls on my list. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, though. I still watch that sucker just about every Halloween because it's a very October looking movie. I do like a lot of the production design. Um, I do like the look of Michael. I think he's quite scurry. Um, and I like that everyone has long disgusting hair, not unlike Rob Zombie. I can, uh, I can relate. So. I mean, I, not personally. I just mean I can also, yes, I like that too. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, your next pick. Um, then for me, it's The Haunted World of El Supervisto. Gotcha. Um, that one's one of my higher ups just because that was actually like, it was one of the first movies I saw of Rob Zombies. I think I might have even seen that before I saw Devil's Rejects for the first time. Um, and it's just so fucking ridiculous and just... Rob Zombie just didn't give a shit, and you can kind of tell. He's just like, I'm just going to make a fucking cartoon that I want to make, and everybody else can suck it, and titties are going to be out. There's going to be just adamant fucking on the screen during this movie. It's a wild movie. Yeah, it's fucking wild, and I love it so very much. I like the songs that they do. I can't even, like, remember specifics at this point, but, like, there's a song about, uh, what is it, Susie something? Oh, yeah, Susie Q, right? No. Maybe, fuck, I don't remember. But Sherry, Sherry Moon. Yeah, Sherry Moon's character is like fighting zombies and it's just a song that's really poorly done. Just talking about like, yeah, look at her titties fighting zombies. Pretty much like actually saying that outright. <laughs> and it's just it's just ridiculous. And that's pretty much the whole movie is that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's glorious. A little, little Ren and Stimpy-ish. It's little, so Ren and yeah. Stimpy-ish. Also like we- weird horror movie cameos in the movie, mm-hmm. like animated Jack Torrance and fucking Captain Spaulding shows up. And- and there's a scene where, well, I can't remember if this was in the comic or if this was in the actual movie, but I think it was in the actual movie. But the creature from the Black Lagoon is giving fucking the Bride of Frankenstein head underwater. And you see her like in a hot tub kind of setting and you see bubbles and realize just him giving her, that, her head underwater. Because I remember that. Favorite scene in anything ever, probably. It's funny. It's fucking amazing. 
Um, so my next pick is Jolin's favorite movie, 31. Ugh. Um, I don't hate, but I, I don't have the personal connection that Jolin has to 31. So I get being bitter about 31 is it's a, so it's a pretty mediocre movie. Again, he, it, Rob Zombie is a master of coming up with ideas that go absolutely nowhere. I do like, I love the idea behind 31. Though. I, I do I think do, it's really cool. I do like the idea, but it's more just like, I have these like 18 different fucking weird characters characters that i want to write and not really come up with a plot that's beyond the extent of like the running man like it's it's rob zombie's running man is the best way i can describe it it's perfectly okay there's some good moments in it of course some really wacky memorable characters um but again like some of the visuals it's like oh we'll we'll have a spanish-speaking uh midget uh, oh Hitler. yeah, who's also dressed as Hitler? Yeah, like, oh, well, like why? But of course, like, who else but fucking Rob Zombie? Honestly, that character that. might be my favorite character in that oh, movie. I that's the, the whole beginning sequence is the best part of the movie because, like, the other than Richard Brake as Doomhead, like, I the other clowns are kind of forgettable. In yeah. My opinion. Although that opening scene, like, even though I'm still very bitter and I stand by my choices, uh, Richard Brake nails. That yeah, movie. that opening scene is just like fucking like. Ugh. Yeah, the you opening know, scene with Richard Brake is really, really creepy. It's unsettling. There are really like there are a lot of really good aspects of that movie. I just I like I said I'm bitter, and so I'm biased, bitter and biased. Also, that movie just kind of stops. Like yeah. it doesn't really have. Well, an the ending. ending, the ending is just so fucking dumb. It's like yeah. what what sense is there to this? Yeah, and no, also it just, like it just kind of just, just stops. Like, kidnap and murdering movie. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean it's perfectly middle ground for me. I think it's okay. Yeah. All right, your next pick. Well, it's funny because I think your bottom pick was Lords of Salem. Fuck now yeah, it was. I now it's this your is top three. <laughs> yeah, Lords of Salem is in my top three. Um, it was another one though that when I first saw it, I was like super disappointed, but I liked that it was like a modern movie about witches that was like actually creepy because we didn't get a lot of those yet at that point. Uh, because I don't think the witch had come out yet. No, this was way um, before the witch. Yeah, so it was like. It was cool to see like a modern witchcraft movie that was still a little reminiscent of like Rosemary's Baby and all that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Cause I mean, although I guess around that time, that's also when it was a little bit after The House of the Devil came out. So it was like kind of. Well, I mean, it depends on your definition of witches for The House of the Devil. Fuck, I was going to bring you your VHS tape. God damn oh, it. Oh, damn it. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, but also, it's like. This is another point where my bias comes in. Sherry Moon Zombie's fucking hot. And that movie where she has a fucking chest tattoo and like fucking dreads. I'm just, I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm so sold. I'm just like, I would love that movie if nothing happened except for we would just watch Sherry Moon Zombie walk around. I'd like it anyway. And it's like, honestly, I do. I like the imagery of that movie because it's so much, it's so different than what Rob Zombie has done before or since. And I think it's cool that he tried to do something else. And it is definitely him just trying to do The Shining. But if you look at most of his work, it's pretty, a lot of it's really derivative, but it doesn't mean it's not fun and not cool to watch, you know? Okay, give me that face. I don't care. I'm not giving you any face. Uh I'm glad you like it. I do. I really like it. And I did like that, even though the book was like, pretty terrible <laughs> i've read like um, a page of the book rob zombie not, should not be writing prose yeah not not a but huge we still fan. want you on the podcast if we, you're listening but again i'm glad that he like fucking did it anyway you know it's yeah. like i like seeing like a fucking you know 
older metalhead just like fucking making shit that he wants to make. And I feel like that movie was pretty much all it was, was like, fuck you. I'm going to make this movie. My hot ass wife is going to look hot as fuck in this movie. And it's just going to be about fucking metal and witches and everyone can suck my dick. And I feel like that's that was just that movie. Well, that's the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> now we're getting into my top three. My uh, uh, third favorite Rob Zombie movie is The Devil's Rejects. Nice. Um, Devil's Rejects is the movie I always say that newcomers to his filmography should probably see first. I think The Devil's Rejects is his most accessible film. Mm-hmm. Um not to mention, like, it it helped that, like, Roger Ebert loved The Devil's Rejects. Like, a lot of people really hyped up The Devil's mm-hmm. Rejects. It's a good movie. Um, probably in, probably his objectively best movie, even though it's not my favorite. Mm. Um, the the dynamic between Kevin Spaulding, uh, uh, fucking Chop Top. It's not Chop Otis. Top. Otis. I couldn't think of what his name was. I and like how you immediately go to Chop Top. You'll, <laughs> you'll be Chop Top in our hearts forever. Forever, Bill Mosley. I love you. Um, and Baby uh, is really, it's really fleshed out. There is an interesting dynamic between the psychopaths and the cops in the film. Uh, some really wacky, memorable characters, of course, like Ken Forey as the pimp is like my favorite oh, yeah. character he in that so movie. Oh, yeah, so damn good. Um, well, on the voice of fucking uh, uh, one of the Rugrats, that chick, she plays one of the prostitutes. And oh, she's in that. yeah, yeah. I love the voice her. of Tommy. There we go. Yeah. yeah. I can't Very remember what her name is, though. Um, <laughs> Oops. Sherry Moon Zombie. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> um, it's it's a super, it's a real exploitation throwback. I mean, all of his movies are, but it's super grimy. It's just a hot feeling, disgusting movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's paced really well for the most part. It le- loses a little steam when they're hold, uh, uh, hold up at the whorehouse, but um, it's it's just a solid movie overall. Um, Sherry Moon st- Zombie still drives me insane, mm-hmm. especially in a movie that's supposed to be played more straight than House of Thousand Corpses, which was the predecessor. I still think she's too much of a fucking cartoon character for that movie. I like it. <laughs> you just like Sherry Moon's on. I do. But there's there's a, a real sense of tension. There's a, a great atmosphere, a great soundtrack. The finale is bananas, which is why I'm curious to see how he's going to bring it all back for Three right? from Hell. I kind of wish that like we would actually see them like dead and in hell, and then something happens where they're see, revived or something. That's why I was hoping something. it was like Three from Hell. Yeah, it'd be like, so cool. I'd love to see Rob Zombie's version of Hell. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, check out The Devil's Rejects. I think it's his objectively best movie. If it's, yeah. it's not my favorite. I mean, it is my number two, but I disagree. What's um, his objectively best movie? Then, yeah, boo. What? <laughs> I don't. I don't agree with that. Oh. <laughs> but Are, uh, okay. Well, I see your number one pick, and while I don't disagree with you, do you think it's more accessible than? The yeah, Devil's well, yeah, Rejects? it's more accessible. Well, it's like because to me, The Devil's Rejects feels more like a really fucked up action movie, more so than a horror film. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, no, it's nothing. I just, I mean, it's just not my favorite, and I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's like, I. It to me it wasn't it did it didn't seem like it took as much like it's not my favorite either. Oh, that's way. fair. <laughs> I just I feel like this one like I did really like it and I do think it's really cool and I think like it's probably like you said the most successful. Like I think more people would like that one than they would um, like House or Lords of Salem. I just don't feel like it has like the same amount of passion behind it. Right. I just feel like it was like a sequel you know but maybe that was just Rob Zombie making an action movie maybe he's just like I want to make an action movie but make it yeah, real think, fucked up I think that was 31 oh that could be but that one was like 
horror-y too. They're all horror-y. I don't think the Devil's Rejects is as much. What's your number two pick, Jolene? That is my number two. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my number two pick is Devil's Rejects. Um, also, I she say, hates it. <laughs> I don't I don't hate it. I just like, it bums me out that that's everybody's, that, t- that tends to be everyone's favorite Rob Zombie movie. Like everybody Gee, seems. It's almost like it's his objectively be- best film. <sighs> I disagree. I just, I, I don't care. Everyone can suck it. Uh, the soundtrack is fun, though, and I really do like that whole uh, I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work oh, line. Sounds great. So, fine. I, I it is number that, two. I knew that line way before I even knew what movie it was from. Mm-hmm. That line's iconic. Yeah, no, it's really it's, it's a really solid movie, and it is my number two pick. I do I do really like it. I just wish that wasn't the one that everybody was just like, yeah, it's my favorite Rob Zombie movie. It's like, great. He has so many other like more fun ones, you know? I don't know. Whatever. What's well, your number two? My number two pick is House of House of Corpses. Um, What's your number? Oh. We've had this discussion. Uh. Um, House of House. <laughs> She's so happy. House of Thousand Corpses, I love. Um, I think it works better as a black comedy than a straight horror movie. I oh, think yeah. House of Thousand Corpses is really fucking funny. I think it's, uh, by in my opinion, his most visually interesting and exciting film. Uh, just because of the different video formats and shit that he uses, it almost it's cut together like a music video a little bit, but that makes sense given mm-hmm. wh- where he was as a filmmaker at that point. I just I also like I love all the characters in that movie. I love how just batshit insane it is and how unapologetic it is. This is I always say that The Devil's Rejects is his most accessible film, accessible film. And um, House of Thousand Corpses is the most Rob Zombie film oh, in his filmography. Yeah. Um, complete, like he did the music for it. And I love it's that. all just metal and uh, a little bit of like a gloom synth shit, which is, I, I'm all about my synths. I love it. Great atmosphere. I love the color scheme in that movie. Yeah. I love There's so many vis- great visuals, like when they're all walking through the prairie at night and mm-hmm. uh, Otis has the face paint and all the survivors are in the bunny suits for some reason. And no, even the way the movie opens with the two guys storming Captain Balding, Captain Balding's, <laughs> Captain <laughs> yeah. Spalding's store. He is balding. It's like, it almost reminds me from Dusk Till Dawn in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, um, I think for in my in my opinion, House of Thousand Corpses is a much more successful attempt at an art house film for Rob Zombie than The Lords of Salem is. Oh yeah, I and feel um, and who doesn't want to see an hour and a half take on the dinner scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre? So I love it. I yeah. fucking love it. And Walton Goggins is in it, and that's pretty cool too. <laughs> So well, what's your number one picture? Yeah, it's House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> Wait, where was Werewolf Women of the SS? I put it down there. Oh, right before thirty-one. I listed them at the same time because I was like, "That's gotcha. not even. It's not. It's not a full movie." Werewolf Women of the SS is dope, though. That's yeah, the I fake, mean, fake trailer he did for Grindhouse. Yeah, and it's fucking. It. I still really want him to make that movie because, like, I would watch especially the shit if he out gets of that. Nick Cage in it too. Fucking a, right? Yeah. And I bet Nick Cage would do it at well, this point. Of course point. he would. Yeah, of fucking like course fucking, he would. <laughs> just, just make the movie. It'd be right. so goddamn good. I'd watch the shit out of it. I bet everybody would. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So House of Thousand Corpses is number one. Um. I, I like it because, it, like, you can tell it was made by, like, a fan of horror, you know? And I, I really like that feel. And like you said, the like, the color scheme and the, uh... 
I don't fuck. <laughs> I lost my train of thought mid sentence, but I really like the color scheme. I love that he made like all the. She's old... drunk again. I'm not actually. I wish I was. <laughs> um, not in this room. We'd be sweating it out. Yeah, we would probably die. It's so warm. Um, but uh, like how it's all just pretty much Rob Zombie's music. I love that, mm-hmm. and um, also just that fucking tension when Otis is about to kill that cop. And yeah. it just like pans out and it that takes forever. And you think it's. Scene, yeah. And I like, I love it because the first time I saw it, I was watching it on like DVD. So I was just like, did my fucking DVD skip? And then it like, you yeah. know, you hear the bang and it's just like, oh, fuck, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, My number one pick for Rob Zombie's filmography is Ugh. Halloween 2. Ugh. Now I can, compl- I see exactly where you're coming from because I hated Halloween 2 the first time I saw it. It wasn't until. Uh, your last Halloween or two Halloweens ago, I was watching it with your boy Graham, whose dick don't work, and it's <laughs> <laughs> just not true. And <laughs> we both had this weird moment where we were like making fun of it, and then we turned to each other and we we're like, "Do we actually love this movie?" And I, what? This is okay. I'm not repeating that. Um. <laughs> For the Lord, of course. <laughs> oh, um, dear God. <laughs> um, I love Halloween 2. Halloween 2 is not a perfect movie by any extent of the imagination. It is loud. It is angry. It is unnecessarily brutal at times. But I love the gloom it's drenched in. I love the 16 millimeter film grain that it, the film was shot on 16 millimeter. It just looks gorgeous. I think... As stupid as like the white horse sim- symbolism is, I think it's kind of fun and kind of quirky and weird. Um, I like seeing the effects of the first film on, in the trauma and the people, and I think it just builds and builds. It's a very angry movie, and I kind of like that about it. I didn't the first time I saw it, so I totally get not liking this movie. Boo. The Lords of Salem sucks. I'm sorry. It also has the... Oh, my God. That sounds so unprofessional. <laughs> it also has... It, well, I just hit this. Yeah, it's oh. a fucking nightmare. But um, it also has the greatest line of all time that you're missing. You call my granny a whore. No, no, no. No, no. that's Lords of Salem. Halloween oh, 2. Hit the, the bricks, Dorothy. N- well, not that one. That <laughs> one's in that scene. Wait, fucking line. The, uh... My pussy gonna turn into a pumpkin. Oh, Yeah. I'm going to fuck you like the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> wow. See, um, what I am love I doing here. I love weird Rob Zombie characters, and there are plenty in that movie. The first, Jeff Daniel Phillips in two roles in that movie. I, I love the Halloween party scenes. I just, I love the look of the, I, everything. I, it's weird. Everything I hated about the movie the first time I somehow loved because I think I was just more inclined to like a more Rob Zombie take on Halloween than when he was like, the studio was like, you have to remake it. At the end of the day, I think that's why I like it. This is, it's one of the, my favorites in the Halloween series. And it's my favorite Rob Zombie movie. And that too. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's fine. Have your opinions. You know my opinions. I said mine already. Don't make that face. Don't you mock me, sir. Well, I hope you're happy, Ben. Mom and dad are fighting again. <laughs> but yeah, that's our takes on uh, Rob Zombie's filmography. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, slide into our DMs on Oof. Facebook or Instagram or the email if you want. Um, and we'll always take more fan suggestions and uh, discuss them if we want to. So, 
Moving on to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Uh, Jolyn and I saw Ari Aster's uh, new film, Midsummer, and we have very different opinions surprise, on it. Surprise, surprise. Oh, God damn. You haven't even seen it. Graham hasn't seen it, and he's already with Matt, and so I'm. he doesn't have a mic, and I keep forgetting that, but yeah, I'm offended. I am offended. <laughs> well, okay, so for those of you that don't know, Ari Aster directed everyone's favorite fucking movie on the planet, Hereditary. Ugh, say it like that again. I I'm like Hereditary. You. I'm going to say that mm. once and for all. I like Hereditary. Okay. All right. Okay. But uh, Midsummer is about a couple who is uh, going through uh, troubles in the relationship. We have the opportunity to travel to Sweden, mm-hmm. Sweden, uh, with one of their friends to witness a Midsummer harvest ritual from his home commune. And... Nothing goes right beyond that point. Pretty much. The TLDR is Jolyn loved this movie, and I did not. <laughs> and we've been fighting about it ever since. I did not. I did not. <laughs> um, uh, Jolyn, why don't you talk about how wrong I am, and then I'll talk about how wrong you are, and somewhere in the middle, I'm sure we will still be friends. Well, I mean, we will. I just okay. So I am going to say there are things that I did not like about this movie. Like, I think... Are we doing spoilers? Well, give your, give your, we'll do what I'll we do, usually okay. do. We'll, we'll do give like our the broad basis thoughts and, and yeah. then we'll move into spoiler territory. What I'll say is I felt like every time a death happened, I knew it was coming way before it actually happened. And I don't feel like there was a lot of suspense in that area. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm going to say that. Um, but I, well, and the main character, this isn't really a spoiler. Um, at, right at the beginning, she experiences like really bad trauma. And so she spends a good portion of the movie just bawling her eyes out and just like screaming, wailing. And in the beginning, I thought it was really powerful and kind of like well placed. But, but by like fucking near the end of the movie, I was just like, this is fucking terrible. Like, I hate listening to this girl cry the whole time. And it's like, I'm sure it was sort of on purpose because it's like, you're trying to, it's like she went through like a fucking crazy traumatic event. So it's like, in reality, somebody would still be, their emotions still would be like that. But it was just, it just made it very difficult to watch at times or like listen rather. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I loved like how bright it was and how it never really like, dulled down it was always just very like bright and summery and happy and i loved that even when like terrible things were happening it was still just like everyone was just so happy about it and also um again not really a spoiler um at many instances like many different instances they take like certain drugs like mushrooms or whatever like festival drugs you know um at least at the beginning it's like a sort of festival vibe um but uh then throughout the film from that point on you will see little trippy things happening just even in the the regular scenes like little things will be moving and it'll be kind of hard to notice but it's like um at one point the our main character is wearing like a flower crown and the the flowers keep like opening and closing inexplicably and it's just it's just weird and it makes it like I don't know. I love watching a movie that makes me feel like I'm on drugs without having to be on drugs. So I'm a big fan. True. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's and a I, beautiful movie. It was absolutely I, Before beautiful. I dump on this movie, I will say it's a beautiful and ambitious movie. It was beautiful. There were times where it's like just the like the 
cinematography alone almost made me cry. It was just gorgeous. It was like the most beautiful thing. All right, go ahead. Oh, God. Um, well, I agree with you thus far. Okay. You know what? We're, all right, at this point, we're going to have to move into spoiler territory because I feel like to get okay. a br- more, uh, nar- uh, more opinion out of you and yeah. in turn out of me, we'll have to spoil certain things about the movie. Right. Check out Midsummer. I don't want to deter anyone from checking it out because uh, obviously the reception's a little mixed on it. Despite what the eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes says, um, check it out if you don't want to hear any spoilers. Check us out next week because, uh, yeah, we're gonna be here until you die. Mm-hmm, um, fuck this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, God damn it! What sucks about, in my opinion, what disappoints me the most about this movie is I was really getting into it mm-hmm. um, until. I like th- for the first hour and a half I was I was getting into it like I was with it I had problems with it but I was with it The movie is first off way too fucking bloated in my opinion it's I long. think the movie is too long it's, it's two it's and a half long. hours long and by the hour and a half mark I'm like looking at my phone like are we going to wrap this shit up? And there's still another hour of the fucking movie It's a little long <laughs> but I, th- I thought it was so pretty Okay, yes, it is a very pretty movie. That aside, uh, my biggest problem with uh, Hereditary was there was a lack in character development. And it's back with a full oh, fucking force. I don't there agree with that. There is no character development in this movie. I don't agree with that. I How? I, well, I would love like, to hear your opinion on it. Well, I mean, the whole thing with the, the main character, Danny, is she like... So she experiences trauma and her boyfriend who was already going to break up with her because, and I actually missed like the first like five minutes or so. So I'm not sure why he was going to break up with her, but stays with her specifically because of that. And so she has this unsympathetic boyfriend that she deals with throughout the whole movie that she's just like totally cavalier about. And then she finds this community of people who will actually sympathize with her. And she finds like an actual power in people giving a shit about her emotions and sharing them with her. And so she like is able to move past her trauma and develop and, that's fucking character development. Like the other, I mean. I agree with you to a degree, but none of this shit happens until the last five minutes of the movie. Well, but I mean, she's. They're, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's getting more comfortable, you know. I it don't takes, think. That's the thing, though. The, the movie doesn't tell, doesn't communicate that to you. I Be, suppose. Because this, this fucking movie is another fucking reason why white people in horror movies get such a bad rep. Because when their friends start disappearing, they're just literally like, well, that's peculiar. And they move the fuck on as if nothing's happening. I agree. And like, and that's the thing. Yeah. I get that she finds acceptance in this community. I mm-hmm. get that. I still don't think that warrants killing her family in the most like over-the-top, grotesque way imaginable in the first fucking five minutes of the movie. Well, she she didn't. I, she didn't. I, oh, right. I meant oh, the movie. Oh, the movie, the okay. Movie. All right, I get you. <laughs> I'm so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I, I get that. I The thing is, it's like, there's... <sighs> trying to like organize my thoughts i don't think there was strong okay danny goes through an arc i don't think it's a huge one but i agree with you there is a technical arc that she goes through the rest of the characters do fuck all for the movie that's kind of true the, except for the one dude who's like cracking jokes the whole time but he then, doesn't do anything interesting no, in the movie. he just hits his vape and he's like oh my god i want to fuck some swedish puss oh my god like <laughs> and that's all he does in the movie yeah that's pretty much and it. fucking 
Oh, God. So I there was, in my opinion, nothing interesting happening with the characters. If you're going to make your two-and-a-half-hour-long horror film, fine. Mm-hmm. I need to give a shit about the characters, though, and I didn't. I cared about that one dude who was actually trying to do the study on it. And then... I didn't give a shit about the study either. And the I reason, did. though, I didn't give a shit about the study is because, again, I'm probably a big dumb idiot, and this is actually based off real practices of real midsummer tradition. Not... But, like, they don't... They don't do anything interesting with it. Well, and it's like, it's sort of like a mixture of, because like the whole Midsummer celebration isn't a pagan thing. And it's, but uh, some of it's, uh, it's based on, I think, like Norse paganism or like magic or whatever. And then sympathetic magic, which is like why they do all like the wailing together. And that's why when... Uh, one of their community dies, they like experience that pain with them and stuff like that. Right. Um, and that's why they're always so taking all this, all these drugs the whole time that make them more perceptible or perceptible. Fuck. Perceptive. <laughs> perceptive. There we go. <laughs> to uh, suggestion is because that that way they can just sort of like relate to each other. So there is some basis in like some sort of fact, but um, it's or like traditions kind of, but it's not like a midsummer tradition. It's just like other things mixed together. Well, my biggest problem is the movie somehow I've never, I've only experienced this a few times. The movie somehow simultaneously explains too much, but explains not enough. Yeah. Like you have to assume so much of the plot, but literally the only explanation you're given is we're a cult and we make sacrifices for our crops. Cause that's what we do. Cause we're a cult. We do cult things. And that for me wasn't enough to get invested in anything that was happening. The whole wailing together, feeling the pain, feeling the sorrow just got so annoying. It wasn't scary to me. The, I hate that he's going, Ari Aster is going down this route of shocking people just for the sake of shocking them. I wouldn't say that. I would. (laughs) Well, it's like, I mean, I honestly don't feel like anything that happened in the movie wasn't predictable. I feel like as soon as they got there and uh, I, I forget the name of the the guy who brought them to this like commune. Um, once he says that like at 90, they all die or like at 72, whatever it was, that's when they die. Well, that's the thing is it's that's my other problem with the movie. The foreshadowing is far too heavy handed. Yeah. Like the, their Swedish friend tells Danny like, Oh, this is the may queen. You should come on the trip with us. Like, gee, I wonder who's going to become the fucking may queen at yeah, this well, thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I knew that right from the and beginning. And then yeah. the, the, again, but my point in the shocking people for the sake of shocking things and hereditary, when Charlie dies, it at least had implications on the plot. Yeah. This one, it's like, her family dies. Danny's family dies right at the beginning of the movie in a horrific scene. Mm-hmm. But then that doesn't even come to play at the until the end of the movie where you're like, oh, she found a home. Yeah. And well, then, but I mean, it's kind of hinted at throughout I, the rest I, of the film. But it wasn't, I don't think it was strong enough to warrant just like, we're going to cold open on a, a, her sister committing suicide and taking her parents with her. Yeah. And the whole thing with the the seventy year olds jumping off the cliff, it's like okay, so like I get it. When they turn seventy, they die. Do we have to fucking and we do the slow motion with the dude's head getting smashed open with a mallet? That and was it's, fun. I mean, it I was fun, fun but it's also like, what the fuck are we doing? And then you find the the corpses of the students later, and it's mm-hmm. just it's all shock value. Well, I guess 
for me, it's like if it's going to be shock value, I would rather that like. It... I just wish that there was. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's okay. I wish there was a strong enough motive. There was, if there was a strong enough motive and a more interesting incentive for this cult to be doing this shit, other than the crops, yeah. I would have been more inclined to be like, all right, smash the fucking dude's head open. Let's get this shit on the road. Let's kill as many people as possible. Well, it's actually, I don't think it's necessarily the crops. I think they're trying to get more people involved so they don't have so many incest babies all the time. But they need incest babies because the fucking they incest need one. baby. Well, they need one incest baby. Granted, I don't remember verbatim what she said. The only thing I remember is that it's for the harvest. Well, it was like the reason they brought outsiders in was but they brought outsiders in just to kill them. Well, no, it was to impregnate one of them because they needed somebody and then who wasn't kill them though. It wasn't they. They weren't planning on killing him necessarily. Like they're planning Danny, on killing the other ones, so yeah, they admit that. Yeah, but Danny had the choice. To kill either like one of her own or one of their own, you know. I see where you're coming from. It just for me wasn't strong enough for me to buy into it. Like, Honestly, admittedly, I wish like there would have been more shock to the movie than there was. I don't think there was enough because I think like I think it was pretty strong at the beginning, and I think there should have been something more in the middle of like the elders committing suicide, or like at least maybe not have given such an obvious like. Oh yeah, we die at this age, yeah. and then we always well, die the at this age. Too, is it was the, just like it just made it the movie obvious a little bit. It was the same similar problem I had with Hereditary. Once like things go into motion for the cult, like everything just happens, and no one protests. And like even during the weird fucking impregnation ri- oh, ritual, oh god, that was so weird. I just thought it was stupid. I, I I was reading about it too. That sex scene was supposed to be longer. I hate that. I know. I was like, this is too long already. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. Is that actually I was thinking about the Lords of Salem the whole time watching this movie because it's yeah. in our movie where it's like, look at me, I'm Kubrick. I have naked women everywhere. I can appreciate somebody who utilizes naked women that aren't conventional. Body I types, get that, though. but it's also just it's again it's for shock value. It's like yeah. oh weird sex ritual. Let's put these unconventional naked women in the scene, and it's like a why. That's a good point. Um, but that's the other thing I brought it up b- briefly earlier. Once people, their friends start disappearing, they're literally like, "Well, fuck! I, uh, they're probably over there." <laughs> I mean, technically, they're all on drugs all the time. So, but you don't see that though. You I see mean, that they're on drugs once at the beginning, yeah. and then you but they're see drinking, like the tea and stuff. And but it's not implied that that's drugged. I suppose. The only time you see something happen with the tea is when the chick's bleeding in it. it bled her uh, menstruation yeah. into it. Well, but Again, I mean, another thing that's spelled out for you and sure enough happens later in the movie. Yeah. I kind of wish they wouldn't have done that with like the, the painting or whatever where it was yeah, like, it's like, this oh, is this exactly is, what's going to happen exactly. later. Pay attention. Well, that's the thing is it's like it was a similar problem I had with Hereditary is no one puts up a... I mean, the mom in Hereditary tries to figure out what's going on. Yeah. But in, in this movie, no one puts up a fucking fight. This well, Especially the yeah. uh, Josh or whoever is doing the thesis. He's like, oh, he like knows all about it, but he won't tell anyone yeah. about it. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing there? Especially like knowing that uh, Danny went through so much shit with her sister and family that it's like, wouldn't you tell her that that's yeah. what's going to happen? Just give yeah. her a little bit of a warning. That's the th- yeah, that's the thing. And then, yeah, I, I don't know. That's. I do. I want to see it again because, I mean, I had issues with it, too. Like, I was a little bit disappointed because when I first saw it and I saw, like, the tones of it and the um, premise, I was just like, oh, this is going to be fucking amazing. But then, you know, it was just pretty much every time somebody dies, I was like, oh, yeah, figured. 
Well, that's why I'm so disappointed with it because if the script was just a little bit tighter and I don't, I don't even know if like it was beautiful though. Okay, yes. I know, but it was just it, it was, was beautiful. I'm not taking so that away from the movie. The yeah. movie was but shot the, gorgeously. It's also a very ambitious is... movie. It's hard shooting with mostly natural sunlight. Yeah, I think that it was a very ambitious movie. I will not take that away from him as a filmmaker. Right. I just think the writing sucked, and it that's kind of fair. I think, did maybe. nothing to keep me invested in it. I'm gonna keep seeing his movies though, and I'm probably gonna see it again because oh, I, I mean I'm I probably will too. Yeah, because again I I fucking loved Hereditary. I liked and, Hereditary too. And there were like so many things about this movie that I did love, and I'll, I'll stand by that. That it's like, you know, I feel like you can get away with some of the stuff being predictable because I mean, you know, I there were people who saw Midsummer when I was in the theater that like straight up walked out because for some reason, even with that beginning, they didn't expect it to turn into like old people killing themselves and things like that. So uh, I almost walked out for a completely different reason. Oh, how dare you? Ah, uh, Ari Aster, if you're somehow listening, I sorry. I didn't like your movie. I hope you continue to make dope shit though, because I'm I sure do. I would like to see you flourish as a filmmaker. This, this one just wasn't for me. Check out midsummer. Let us know what you think. Uh, I'm honestly, I love hearing all opinions. I, as much as I rag on this movie, I don't not understand liking it because I've talked to people that absolutely adore it, and I've talked to people that hate it, and I've talked to people that are sort of middle middle ground on it. I feel like I might be kind of middle ground. Like I did love it, and I'll I'll watch it again and probably again, but I also I I understand because there was a little bit of disappointment in me after I saw it. Like I was still like, I mean, it was so fucking weird that the whole time I'm just like, all right. You know, I wasn't expecting every single thing that happened to happen. Like, I didn't expect that sex scene to happen the way it did, you know? I mean, you've... God. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Well, that was... That was our uh, first weekly episode of Monsters of Midnight. Joel Lynn, always a pleasure. Uh, Graham, you were here. He was here. Um, Stay tuned. We're going to be socking it to you once a week in your Christmas stocking. Uh, so until then, catch you on the flip side. The flippity flop.